and welcome to ADHD Friendly. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm an ADHD and executive function coach with over 10 years experience, and my passion is finding ADHD-friendly resources, tips, and tools that tilt the playing field in favor of those of us with ADHD brains, and I bring those here and share them with you in the hopes that they support you to do the same in your life. This is episode number 87, and today I'm going to start, as I always do, with a celebration. I'm calling this a checklist celebration, and I'll talk more about that in just a minute. Then I'm going to share an ADHD-friendly tip to do a mid-year check-in, and then the main topic for today, daily to-do lists. So in the last episode, episode number 86, I talked about how to create a comprehensive to-do list, and today I'm going to build on that and talk about how to take your comprehensive list and pull from that to create a daily to-do list. And then as always at the end, I will do a quick recap and share some highlights for what's coming up in the next episode of ADHD Friendly. But let's jump in with my celebration. So I'm doing a checklist celebration because my checklists are working. So I've shared over multiple podcasts how I have several different lists for 2023 and they're my 23 and 23 lists. And I have done multiple things on the lists already. And I'm also doing daily and weekly check lists where I have a clipboard and I have things I do each day and I have goals for each week and it's June and I'm coming back to it and filling it in each week. And I may not do it every single day, but I am keeping up with the daily things so that if I miss a day, I remember and go back and I can check it off. So those things are really working. It's evidence for me that tracking things really does support my brain. It keeps me connected to my intentions with more ease. And so I want to celebrate that, that I'm doing what I know works for me and I'm keeping my checklist visible so that they're in my line of sight and easy for me to access so I can keep up with them. And that ties into my ADHD friendly tip to do a mid-year check-in. So we're at the midway point of 2023. And part of the way that I check in on my goals is to look at my 23 and 23 checklists because I did them in multiple categories. It was a really easy streamlined way to check in and see how am I doing with them? Is a, is there an area that I need to support a little bit more? So as a quick update, I had, tw- I had 11 out of 23 of my home tasks are checked off. I've read 24 out of the 23. So I've actually met my goal for 2023 for reading and I've even gone beyond it. So I've just finished my 24th book. I finished 10 of my 23 knitting projects that I had a goal to finish. I'm a little behind there, but I am knitting some larger items. So I'm okay with where I am with that. And then I've had 13 of 23 social outings. That's a huge win for me. So I'm very excited that I'm on target to hit that goal as well. And I've done six out of the seven health um, appointments that I wanted to have checked off this year. And that feels really good because I'm only halfway through the year and I only have one more to go. So I wanted to share some prompts to help if you would like to do a mid-year check-in to see where are you now and what would you want to change to get what you want out of this year before it's in the rearview mirror and we're looking at 2024. So here are just some questions to consider. If you changed one thing today to better support yourself, what would it be? So we always tend to think of like, oh, I I don't know, I want to change everything or I want to change all these different things. But if you just picked one, often if we pick one, we can move that forward 
with success where if we try to do too much, we get overwhelmed and we don't do anything. So I'm going to encourage you, if you change one thing, decide what that is. And then what would it give you if you made that change? So whether it's cut soda out um, or exercise, do something you know physically to exercise every day or um, go to bed earlier. So you're getting more restorative sleep, whatever it might be. What's that one thing? And what would it give you if you did that? So um, let's say if you tried to get more sleep and you wanted to be more intentional about that, it might be that you have more energy or um, might be able to control your emotions more easily. So connecting to what's in it for you to do the thing you're trying to do to make the change is an essential piece. We can't just say, I declare I'm going to stop this or do this. We have to connect to well, what's in it for me to do that because it's going to take effort. And to stay connected to our plan, we need to have that picture of what it's going to give us to be able to do it. The next question I ask you to consider is what will get in the way of doing it? So in my example of sleep, um, I might be aware of what I'm going to get from doing it, but what's going to get in the way of doing it? So I might forget that that was my intention. Or I might resist going to bed when I'm planning to go to sleep. So I need to think about what's going to make it easier to make that transition. And then the last question is, what prompts do you need to remember your plan? So in my sleep example, again, I might need a reminder um, on my phone, some kind of alarm to kind of remind me of my intention to go to sleep earlier. I might need to write out specific things that will help me transition. I might need to build in a reward, something sparkly. Um, so what prompts will you need? Often we do need physical prompts um, to remember, remind us of our plan. So it might be um, a reminder that you can't miss. So it might be something that you schedule an alarm, but it might also be a physical prompt. So for me, it might be um, when I'm cleaning up after you know, the, everybody's done eating, I'm cleaning up the kitchen for the evening. I might have something on the counter that is a sign that reminds me like, like, remember your bed plan, your bedtime plan. Um, so that at least I'm, I always say, I don't want to forget the plan. I might still just choose not to do it, but I don't want it to be because I forgot that was my intention. So what prompt will you need to do it? So that's all just a ADHD friendly tip to just do a mid-year check-in and see where are you, where are you in your goals and aims and intentions for 2023. And if you would like to see something by the end of the year that you don't currently have, what would you need to do to create that for yourself? All right, now on to daily to-do lists. So as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I talked in depth about how to create a comprehensive to-do list in episode um, 86. And today I'm just confirming, I hope I said this is episode 87. Um, yeah, so episode 86 last week, I talked about how to do a comprehensive to-do list. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, I invite you to go back to that episode and um, follow the steps to create a comprehensive to-do list because we're going to be pulling from the comprehensive list to make a daily list. So I'm going to just highlight the structure that I use to support myself to make a daily to-do list. And so once I have my comprehensive list, I tend to break it into things that need to happen this week things that need to happen next week, and things that need to happen this month. That's kind of the way my um, comprehensive list works is pretty much the things I need to accomplish this month. So about four weeks. Sometimes I go longer, but um, four weeks, you know, four to six weeks is kind of the, the limit for how far out I can plan. And it's really the, the limit of how far out a comprehensive to-do to -do list should be focused. 
So I have a, a little blank tool here that I'm just showing. I threw some structure around just to have three columns. And this one is things I'm trying to do this week. The middle one is things for next week. And the end one is things that I'm just trying to get done this month, but they're not going to happen this week. And why I do that is it helps me just to start prioritizing and identifying what needs to happen now, like in the next few days, what needs to happen soon, but not this week. So I'm focusing on that the following week. And what just, I, I don't want to have it fall off my radar that I want to get done this month. Okay. So I use that structure for my comprehensive list to pull those items and get a little bit of a, a time frame around them so that I'm pinning things down a little bit more concretely. My brain doesn't do well having to process a long list of things over and over again. So putting that structure around it really helps me to navigate it with more ease. So I just wanted to highlight and share how I use that. You'll also notice on the this week items, and again, if you're listening to this podcast, I invite you to check out my YouTube channel, ADHD Friendly Podcast, to see the visuals that I'm sharing throughout. You'll see little time circles over here. Time circles are just little visual cues that help me to estimate about how long I need to do the task. A full circle that's colored in is an hour, a little partial circle, this is 15 minutes, and a half of a circle you can see here is at, that takes about a half hour. I'm pretty good at most of my estimates for the tasks that I'm doing, um, specifically related to my business, because I do them pretty regularly. So I, I know about how long they take. So I, I feel really confident that the times I estimate are pretty accurate. Sometimes if I'm doing a new task or something I don't do often, I'll pad it by multiplying how long I estimate it's going to take by three. So if I think it'll take an hour, I'll give myself three. And more times than not, I actually need at least that amount of time. But for things I do pretty regularly, I've been estimating time long enough that I've built up that skill for myself to know I'm pretty accurate when it comes to those estimates. And then after I do the time estimates, I then identify on the right-hand side here with just the first letter or first two, if it's a Thursday, the day of the week, I think I'm going to have time to do that, or I think would be the best day to do it. And again, it just makes it easier for me to pull from this list when I look at my, my daily plan. So for example, if I am starting this on Tuesday. I just go and I look at, okay, what are the things I decided I would focus on on Tuesday? And do I have the time to do them on Tuesday? And then I have my daily list. I've shared this before when I talked about daily planning. And so I, I brought the top three things over here that I'm working on. Your daily to-do list should have two to three things on it really recommended not to go more than that. You can always add more to it if you finish those, but limit yourself to two to three things max so that you can succeed with your list instead of getting overwhelmed by your list. So I, I have structure on my, my daily list to make sure it just has space for three things. I can add more things down here if I want, but the top part is really structured to hold that boundary for me because what I find is if my space is too big, I just keep adding things to the list. So then I have my schedule written down in blue, and I put little blocks in red around my available time that I can target to do these tasks. And then what I did is I wrote on a little purple flag what I'm specifically doing in those open times from my list over here. What I like about flags is if I can't do this or I don't end up doing it at the time I decided, I can move it to another time. If I don't have another time, it creates urgency where I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I have to do that. I don't have another open spot to move it to. So this makes my time very concrete. It really helps me to navigate it with more ease. And the other thing that I did specifically here was because I didn't have anything after lunch on this day, 
and this is a Thursday, I made an incentive for myself that I've got, if I got the things done when I plan to get them done, I can be done and not come back to my office and work in the afternoon because I didn't have any appointments. And that was really motivating when I planned this out to be done and have a free afternoon. So I reminded myself if I'm done by one o'clock, my reward is free afternoon. That's very sparkly to me. If I didn't plan this out, I wouldn't be able to see it. And I very likely would go throughout the day trying to figure out how to talk myself into starting. This creates motivation because I can see what I plan to do. I can see the time I have, and I can see I can have a reward. Planning the reward feels so much different to me than spending all day doing nothing and trying to get something started. I've got the things done I intended. I get to have nothing time and I get to enjoy that nothing time because I don't have anything kind of whispering in the back of my brain going, mm, yeah, you're not, you're, you're not, you're doing this, but you really should be doing this. No, I did my things. I can have the afternoon off. So that doesn't happen a lot. So that, that's a very sparkly incentive when I can make that happen. So I just wanted to share how I pull from my comprehensive list to put some structure around it in this week, next week, this month. And then how I take that to make my daily plan, my daily to-do list, if you will, so that it's going to more likely work for me in the time I have. So then I wanted to, again, tap into, I shared last week that the adult ADHD toolkit by Russ Ramsey has that really nice structure around comprehensive to-do lists. And they also have some structure I'm going to share for daily to-do lists. So again, I'm just going to kind of break down there. They have a six-step process that I'm just going to share with you. And it follows very nicely with mine. And I'm going to share their approach in case there's something in there that would work even better for you and how you approach yours. So step one, this is again for your daily to-do list. Use an index card, back of the envelope, or a daily planner to make your list. Step two, take 10 minutes, and I always encourage you to set a timer, and define your three to five to-do list items for the day. They recommend no more than three to five. I say two to three because I've learned from my own personal experience in my work with my clients, if the list is too long, we'll, we will struggle to start. If you have evidence, you can do three to five things, or if it maybe is depending on what the things are, do what works for you but no more than three to five is ever recommended. So keep the limit, whether it's, you know, only giving you that many spaces or whatever it is, but keep that limit. Your daily list has only the tasks on it that you want to do, but they're not scheduled. So they're not hard appointments. So it's not like, oh, I, I need to meet with this client, this client, and this client. So those are three to-do things. Mm -mm. Those are my already committed times. Your daily to-do list is things that require a special investment of time and effort. So the things you need to get done, it could be errands, it could be um, going online and researching something, but you have to carve out the time you're gonna do it. So again, take 10 minutes to look at your list and decide what your three to five things are for the day. Number three, write the tasks in actionable terms. So some examples could be cancel appointment on Monday and then list the phone number to cancel it or do the laundry or go to the post office and mail a birthday gift. If you have a gift ready to go in, that's like an actual action that you need to take. So it wouldn't just be post office or laundry. It's like writing it in actionable terms. 
Number four, set a realistic time frame to spend on each task. So I call this time estimating. So, it, but it could be that you have a big project you're working on. So maybe you're just going to carve out an hour to get started. What I always find helps though, is to define what does done look like? It might be, I'm done when the timer goes off, but it could also be, you know, I'm going to set a timer for an hour, but all I really want to do is do a rough outline of the research I'm doing. And when I'm done, I can finish. I don't have to spend an hour on it. So notice what works for you, but set a realistic time frame. Number five, look at your daily planner a few for times that are available that day. So again, you're identifying the open space of time that you have to work on the things you're trying to get done. And then they say to make an appointment with yourself to do the task. So that's where on mine, I just kind of flag where I wanna get things done so I can easily see what I'm intending to do in that time. Um, and then last, number six, do the thing you plan to do at the time you did it. So you can check it off your list. And again, if it can't get done at that time, I really want to encourage supporting your brain not to go into all or nothing thinking. So sometimes what happens if we don't get it done at the time we intended, we don't do it. Like even though we might have another time later in the day, we tend to miss that window and be like, oh, oh well, that's why I like the flags because you can move it if it didn't happen when you intended and see where else can it get done. And then my added tip is anything that didn't get done the day I intended to do it. So if, for example, if one of these flags didn't finish, what I like about the flags is I can take it and move it to the next day's daily planner. And it's already there like a little blinking prompt to remind me, hey, this still needs to get done. You didn't finish it. So that helps to kind of keep the list very current and accurate instead of me putting that daily planner page away and looking at the next page and being like, oh, it's a clean slate and not remembering I didn't finish the things from the day before. So I Part of my process is to pull anything that didn't get finished the day before and put it on the next day's plan because it still needs to get done. All right, so that's it for daily planners. So as a quick recap, I shared a celebration at the top of the episode that my checklists are working because I'm keeping them in sight and they're, they're sparkly enough that they're pulling me in. I enjoy, I have a reminder every Monday to go in and, and look at them and check off anything that I didn't already check off throughout the week. And that's always very sparkly to see if I have something to check off, but it also helps me remember what I trying to get done. I then added to that with an ADHD friendly tip to do a mid-year check-in. And it could be that you didn't set any intentions for 2023. So it's a good time to think, is there something that you want to focus on? So that at the end of the year, you're celebrating having made progress or getting something checked off. I shared how my 2023 lists are going, and then just asked you to explore what do you need to get what you want out of 2023? And then always a little reminder, what prompt will you need to remember what, what it is you're trying to get done? And then I shared my main topic for today, which was daily to-do lists, how I take from the comprehensive list and pull from that to create a daily list of things I want to get done that day. Next week, I'm going to be talking about summer reading. So if you want to spend more time reading this summer, or you want to support your kids to read more this summer, Check out the episode coming up next week for some tips and strategies that support me to read more in the summer months. Until next time, tally ho.